Welcome everyone to Fantasy Foresight, the podcast. We're your hosts and co-founders of FantasyForesight.com, coming to you from the Rambo Fixture Company Studios. I'm Ben. And I'm Jay. You ready to get rolling, Jay? You know it. Let's do this. All right, let's go. Welcome in, everyone. It is Thursday, December 17th. We've got our guy Steve at FF underscore Encyclopedia back with us. We've got a whole new list of buys and sells versus their aggregate projections heading into the fantasy playoff semifinals in week 15. Then we'll round out the episode with Steve's last set of speculative stashes for this fantasy season. And once again, Fantasy Foresight, the podcast is live. How you doing tonight, Jay? Ben, you know I'm good. Holidays are coming up. We're getting to the end of the of the fantasy football season, so you know it's exciting times. We're in semifinal week, week 15, so uh, you know some good times ahead of us. You know our elf on the shelf here brought me a, a wine advent calendar, so I've been enjoying that every <laughs> evening. I'm not gonna lie, it's uh, it's helped dull the pain of this fantasy season as we count it down to the end. Steve, how are you doing tonight, my friend? Hey, I'm doing really well, guys. It's, uh, as always, a pleasure to be on and uh, down in, you know, for anyone who's watching, Basement Steve's in the basement. It's a nice little getaway and escape, talk a little bit of fantasy football. And, uh, yeah, guys, doing a little bit of reflecting about this 2020 season. In some ways, I, f- I feel like it's been um, uh, it's been like a sprint. But at the same point, like a grueling marathon. I don't even know how that's. I don't know how that's possible. But I, I don't know. That's just kind of how I feel about it. So, um, but yeah, it's going to be a fun one tonight, guys. Looking forward to it. And like I always say, I appreciate you guys having me on. Absolutely. Uh, to quickly review last week's buy and sell results, Jay once again led the way for the third week in a row, I believe, at six and four. Cheers, fellas. Wow. T- what's that? I said, cheers, fellas. Yeah, cheers, buddy. Good job. <laughs> you're, yeah, you're now five games over 500, which is better than being below 500. So it's true. Uh, yep. While uh, myself and Total Foresight went five and five, and Steven Trav went four and six on the season now, Trav had been the win percentage leader, but now after last week, Total Foresight is the win percentage leader at 60.5%, 95 and 62 on the year. Uh, Win percentage wise, Trav is behind that at 82 and 55. I am behind that at 93 and 64. Then we've got Steve at 88 and 69 and Jay at 81 and 76. Uh, and over the last three weeks, total foresight is 14 and one on our cells. So be very leery about starting anyone that we have on our cells list uh, in this all important week 15. Uh, and quick disclaimer, if this is your first time listening before we get into everything, uh, just know that we're speaking in terms of single QB, full PPR redraft by default, and all of our fantasy finishes as well as fantasy points per game calculations are all based on full PPR limited to weeks one through 16, according to fantasypros.com. All right, we've got five buys, five sells versus their aggregate projections. Jay, you got anything before we dive in? Uh, well, you know, I don't know why we have to be like make it a quick weekly review. I think we should spend plenty of time diving into all the details <laughs> of how we do week to week because I'm on a tear. And you know what? The warning is being put out there to our guy, Travis, if you're listening. You're sitting on 82 wins. I know you've missed some picks over the weeks. 
I'm sitting at 81 wins. I just want to get out of the basement on total wins, and I'm coming for you this week. I'm moving out of the basement this week, and I'm fine. You know what? 52%, all I need to do is increase by 2%, and I'm right in that Vegas range, so I'm happy. There you go, man. Not bad at all. And another thing, just so I don't save it for the end of the episode, the Total Foresight Challenge is down to the final four teams. Mm. We have... Two challengers in one semifinal. We have two members of Team Foresight in the other semifinal. Our guy Travis is taking on Happy Hour in one side, and then uh, at Foresight Family is taking on at uh, at Foresight Focus in the other semifinal. So, going to be an interesting one. We are guaranteed to have one member of Team Challengers against one member of Team Foresight in the championship game. Playing for a thousand dollar cash prize. That's it's been a wild season over in that league, and uh, kudos to Happy Hour for taking me out last week. It was definitely a hard, a hard fought, high scoring battle between the two of us, and uh, he got the best of me. He's had a you know he's he's had a pretty good team all season, but I'm hoping our guy Zach and Mike, one of the two, can bring home the trophy back to Team Foresight. Right. So it, it'll be interesting to watch and see how that goes. All right, guys. Uh, this is our second to last set of buys and sells, and uh, I can't believe I mean, we're about to do 10 of our last 20. It's just crazy to think about. Uh, first up, our first buy of the week is Green Bay Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers. Uh, the Packers are at home versus Carolina on Saturday night football, 8.15 p.m. this Saturday. Green Bay is an eight-and-a-half-point favorite at Vegas with an over-under of 50. A-Rodge has an aggregate projection of QB8. Total Foresight is buying that because we have him as QB1 overall this week, partially because he has the best quarterback foresight strength of schedule. And then over at Pro Football Focus, the Pack O-line has the sixth-best pass block advantage. And when you look at the individual wide receiver defensive back matchup grade, Alan Lazard has the 11th best individual matchup grade for the wide receiver position. And Devontae Adams has the 23rd best. And I don't really care what Devontae Adams is. is. He's just going to be a beast every single week. So the fact that he's going to get some extra support with Lazard's nice matchup certainly bodes well for a Raj, and then when you look at the pro football focused tight end matchup grade his tight end robert tanyan has the ninth best tight end matchup grade as well um usually i talk about the weather i at the weather channel app i check that out every week and i will say that none of these games none of these players that we're covering this week have any sort of weather that is going to impact the game at all in my mind so we're not talking about weather in this episode, so that's a good thing. Uh, A-Rodge is now QB4 overall on the season, and he's finished as QB8 or better 10 out of 13 times this season. Spoiler alert, Saturday night will be the 11th. Easy buy for me. Go uh, A-Rodge. Yeah, man. A-Rodge has been on a tear this season, especially as of late. You know, last season, first year under Matt LaFleur, things looked a little bit clunky at times. This season... Year two, completely different game. You know, he looks comfortable. The offense is humming, even with no additional help at the wide receiver position. But yeah, man, A-Rodg to beat QB8, like you said, Ben, he's done it with consistency. I don't expect that to change this week. I'm going to buy as well. Uh, It's funny. We were talking about it a little before we hopped on the podcast tonight, you know, where I'm like, man, I got to make up some games against Ben, but 
I don't dare disagree with the cells that we have tonight because, I mean, Total Foresight's rocking a 14-1 record the last three weeks on the cells. So I guess if I'm going to call my shots, it's got to be against these buys. And I can't do it in this one. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Aaron Rodgers has been phenomenal this season. And, you know, you talk about Devontae Adams. I mean, dude still has an outside, outside shot at finishing as the wide receiver one in fantasy, you know, despite missing a quarter of the season or whatever, you know. So he just he, – he's a phenomenal player. The whole offense has just been – they're healthy. They've been unstoppable. And, and for me, you know, that, that – that quarterback eight finish Rogers doesn't have to go out and throw for like three fifty and four touchdowns to hit that mark. He can just be for him underwhelming this season and throw for like, you know, two ninety five and a couple of scores and be right around there. So like, I really like the odds of him finishing as, you know, much closer to QB one on the week than I would say quarterback eight. So I'm going to go ahead and buy this one too. And we're just all going to tie on this one. I love it. I love it. <laughs> uh, hopefully this one's not any easier for you. And we're, we've got our next buy at the running back position. Uh, and it's Chicago Bears running back David Montgomery. The Bears are at Minnesota Sunday at 1 p.m. Minnesota is a three-point favorite, and the over-under is 47. Uh, David Montgomery himself is aggregate projected RB18 this week. Total Foresight is buying that as we have him currently as RB8 overall. Uh, and he does have the 11th best running back foresight strength of schedule this week. And over at PFF, the Bears O-line has the 7th best run block advantage. And coming off their week 11 bye, David Montgomery has been RB2 overall yeah. behind only Derrick Henry over the last three weeks while averaging 136 total yards per game. David Montgomery is a locked and loaded RB1 for me this week, and I have no doubt he'll beat RB18. Bye for me. Yeah, he missed a game due to injury, sat out the bye week to get healthy, and then came back, and he too has been on a tear the last three weeks. In our league of record, the man has put up 28, 27, and 27 points. You talk about consistency. Now, last week I know he did break off a nice 70-yard touchdown, so you can't really bank on those kind of plays every week, week to week. But, you know, this is a divisional game. They're on the road. You know, that Minnesota defense is suspect in the secondary, but, you know, I'm going to say, can he do it four weeks in a row? Am I going to put all my trust in the man? I'm going to go ahead and go out on a limb, and I'm going to sell David Montgomery this week. RB18, you know, it doesn't make me feel confident because of the price tag, but uh, I'm just going to say he can't continue to produce the way he's been producing, and this Bears offense won't do the same as well. They've they've got to falter at some point. I'm going to say it's this week, and I'm going to sell David Montgomery. Uh, really disappointed you sold, Jay, because I I wanted to sell too, and I think <laughs> that I still will. Um, but, you know, to argue against myself – you know, Montgomery, he did have, as you mentioned, Jay, a bulk of his uh, productivity did come off of that long touchdown run last week. And, and, of course, the Bears, they just, you know, it was a blowout. They didn't need Montgomery. They didn't have to give him touches throughout that game. So he probably could have had a, you know, an even more monstrous day than he had. But to also to your point, you know, he's put together three outstanding football games. And while Minnesota's not – they're, they're not a good defense. They are able to be picked on a little bit more through the air than on the ground, if anything. So 
They are currently uh, giving know. up the seventeenth most points to fantasy to opposing running backs. So it's they're a middle of the road rush defense against opposing running backs. So you know, I figure they're giving up the seventeenth most. Our price tag is RB eighteen. So they just have to have a decent day against a division opponent. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, with this one, I, I do feel like uh, you know Chicago they're going to have success if they do funnel that offense through Dave Montgomery in the ground game and they find him touches. But I, I think he might, you know, finally come back down to earth a little bit in this one. So, and for me, it mainly just comes down to, you know, he's done it three right. straight weeks and, you know, I'm just ho- hoping at least for the sake of our uh, competition this season that, uh, you know, he just has kind of a mediocre mid range to low end RB two day, which is not out of the range of possibilities for him. When you look at his entire 2020 season, right. And well, Ben, I, I, I know mean, what you're going to say. There have to be 17 running backs that are bell cows who aren't going to be splitting carries in front of them. And I already said RB18 doesn't make me feel good. I just got to go out on a limb. That's not even what I'm going to say. <laughs> you said that there's no way he can continue on his crazy RB2 overall tear. I agree, probably not. But he doesn't have to do anything close I to know. that to beat RB18. You're so right. I appreciate you both selling. Yes. This will be an easy win for me, and we will move on to our next buy. Uh, I am saving this and no changes. Thank you. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Uh, moving on to our next buy, we've got Pittsburgh Steelers wide receiver Deontay Johnson. Uh, the Steelers are at Cincinnati on Monday Night Football. Pittsburgh is a 13-point favorite, yet the over-under is just 40 and a half. Uh, the aggregate projection for Deontay Johnson is wide receiver 29, total foresight is barely buying that and we've got him as wide receiver 26 uh he does have the fourth best wide receiver foresight strength of schedule and at pff the steelers o-line has the third best pass block advantage uh but deontay johnson does have just the 67th ranked individual matchup grade so i always enjoy seeing how it pans out uh when one matchup source varies from our matchup strength of schedule source you know we've got the wide receivers having the fourth best overall but at, at pff they say it's 67th individual rank for Deontay so we'll have to see how that goes and I will say this as a Browns fan let me just tell you that as much as I'd like it to be the case the Steelers are not as bad as they've looked over the past couple weeks they're a veteran team with a lot of leadership in that locker room and I expect them to take advantage of this get right matchup versus the hapless Bengals remember since week seven Deontay Johnson is wide receiver six overall so I'm definitely buying him this week versus an aggregate projection of wide receiver 29. I am old enough to remember when the Steelers were better than the Eagles. But, uh, you know, the the Steelers have been struggling the last few weeks, and there are times when they haven't looked very good, man, especially on offense. That defense is legit, and that's going to keep them in every single game. But that offense, Big Ben, man, that's a big question mark for me. I know they're going against the soft Bengals secondary. They're on the road. You know, the weather's nice. There's really no excuse. They should be able to put up points. They should be able to move the ball. But... Man, it just hasn't looked good out of Pittsburgh the last several weeks. So I'm going to go ahead and sell Deontay Johnson. I, I, you know, I think they win this game. I think they maybe try to rely more on their running game and get that going to focus on the playoffs and getting that production. But uh, man, I, I don't know. I, I'm just not confident in that passing attack right now. So. You know, looking at this one, here's the way I'm kind of looking at it. So the Pittsburgh offense, they 
to me, they seem a little lost in recent weeks. They they're throwing the ball at an outrageous clip, and it it's just it, it, a nice place to get found, brother. It is, you're right, <laughs> but if, they may not this, need it. <laughs> yeah, but here's the thing: if they want to have any like realistic success throughout the AFC playoffs, especially if they find themselves, you know, having to go on the road, and even against some of their, you know. I like to put the Browns in this category. Some of their AFC uh, North foes, they they got to at least try to get the ga- ground game right. And I do think that this is an opportunity for them to try to do that. I do think the passing volume is going to be less. Now, it could be a lot more efficient. But Deontay Johnson, he has been dropping the ball like at an outrageous pace the last has. several weeks. Yeah, exactly. So, um you know, would I be surprised given the target share that that uh, individual gets each and every week that he that he could possibly smash wide receiver 29? I, I wouldn't be shocked, but, you know, I can totally see this being one of those weeks where, you know, fancy managers that have him on their roster could end up being like a little disappointed and thinking, well, we're playing the Bengals. He should have absolutely smashed in this one, and he doesn't. So, um, you know, I don't know. Jay, you've been on a heater, and here I am agreeing with you in back-to-back. Good way to go, Steve. Good way to go. here, but I'm going to go ahead and sell, too. And, um, you know, I'm going to catch up to you this weekend, uh, Benny. (laughs) <laughs> we shall see uh, that's that's two disagreements out of the first three so we are on a good pace for sure uh we'll have to see what happens with the next two buys before we get into the cells uh and next up we're going to stick with the wide receiver position and we're moving over to the houston texans brandon cooks uh the texans are on the road at indy sunday at 1 p.m indy is a seven and a half point favorite with an over under of 51 points in this game uh the aggregate projection for brandon cooks coming off an neck injury is wide receiver 35 total foresight is buying that we have him as a back end wide receiver two at wide receiver 21 uh and he currently has the eighth best wide receiver foresight strength of schedule and at pff the texans o-line has the 20th ranked pass block advantage and uh brandon cooks himself has the 54th ranked individual wide receiver matchup grade despite missing week 14 Brandon Cooks has been wide receiver 20 overall since week five. He's coming off a neck injury, so he should be 100% from an athletic standpoint. Uh, There's a ton of targets available in that offense. He'll function as the wide receiver one, and Houston will likely be in a pass-heavy game script. Cook is a buy for me and 100% startable, especially as your wide receiver three or flex this week. You know what? I'll tell you what. You tell me Brandon Cooks is coming off of injury, and that gives me pause. But you're right; it's a neck injury. It's not gonna. It's not gonna hinder his mobility. And you know, early in the season, we were looking at this at this Indiana Colts defense, and it, it, we were thinking, okay, this is an elite defense. But man, they've been giving up points, and they've been giving up points through the air. And you're right; Brandon Cooks is gonna be the number one in that in that Houston's off in that Texans offense. And I I think this is a I really wanted to go against the grain and sell him this week, but I, I think this is an easy buy at, at WR35, so I, I got to change my tune, and I got to go buy Brandon Cooks. And uh, I'm going to go ahead and sell this one as well. Um, and uh, 
For me, a lot of it comes down to I, I do think that, uh, you know, this Houston offense, they're obviously hurting at the wide receiver position. I do think that Indianapolis, you know, they're going to focus highly on taking Brandon Cooks out of this ball game, and they'll do whatever it takes. They will give help over the top. They'll do – they're going to try to limit him is, you know, kind of like the way I feel about it, especially given that, you know, Houston can't really run the ball, so it's going to be up to Deshaun Watson in that passing game. And, you know, you look at the other options, what, Chad Henson, Kiki Kuti, like they'll they'll let those guys beat them before they will Brandon Cooks. Now, wide receiver 35, that's not an impossible number to beat you know, by any stretch of the imagination. And and I do think Brandon Cooks, he'll definitely get some grabs and some yards. But, you know, even if he goes like five for 60, he's not going to likely finish, you know, as a wide receiver three or better on the week. So that's kind of where I am with this one. And, and also I think it's worth noting too, you know, Indianapolis, they kind of, they've kind of unlocked Jonathan Taylor the last couple of weeks. And I think as we get into you know, um, December football, playoff football, they're going to rely more and more on the run, especially with Phillip Rivers, you know, kind of ailing a little bit right now. So I wouldn't – and they can certainly <laughs> dictate that against the Houston defense. So I wouldn't be surprised if this one is, you know, at least a, a little bit lower scoring by the standards of what people think is going to happen. And there just isn't as much productivity through the air for Houston. And, um, you know, that's just all my ways of saying that I think that I know that I'm right. And you guys are both going to be wrong on this one. <laughs> we'll have to see. You know, you don't have to do a whole lot to be wide receiver 35, but you do make a lot of good no. points. And that is, as they say, why they play the game. So, but one yeah. point where Steve is wrong is uh, while their running game has not been good, they do get David Johnson back this week off the COVID list. So, you know, clearly that's going to unlock the game right there. I mean, get that man the ball. Uh, does Vegas know this? The line has not changed drastically <laughs> since you've told me Just that. Just relax. News. All right, move on to the next guy. <laughs> <laughs> Our last buy heading into week 15 is Green Bay Packers tight end, Robert Tanyan. Uh, again, just like his quarterback, A-Rodge, that we covered at home versus Carolina at Saturday Night Football, uh, eight-and-a-half-point favorite, over-under 50 points. I don't know what's up with his aggregate projection, but it's only tight end 23. Total foresight is easily buying that. We've currently got him as tight end 10. He has the third best foresight strength of schedule. At PFF, the PACO line has the sixth best pass block advantage, and uh, Tanyan himself has the ninth best tight end matchup grade. Robert Tanyan is a locked and loaded tight end one for me. The tight end position is all about touchdowns and Tanyan has had a touchdown in each of the last four weeks and is tied with only Travis Kelsey at the tight end position for the most TDs for a tight end this season with nine. And with all his matchup metrics this week, Tanyan is a definite buy for me and a definite start for me. Man, you know, you say that he scored in each of the last four weeks, and then that gives me pause. Like, can this guy possibly do that five weeks in a row? And normally this season, I would say I can't bet on that to happen once again. But you know what? I've learned lessons this season. I'm going to go ahead and say, you know, the, this Packers offense against the Panthers defense I'm going to be sitting back and enjoying this game Saturday night and seeing the Packers just put up points, and I expect Robert Tanya to be a big part of that. So I'm going to go ahead and buy, especially versus a price tag of tight end 23. Yeah, against tight end 23, I have to buy this one as yep. well. As much as I want to go against everybody so, again so i could try to maybe catch up a little bit in this uh, race but I, I i can't do that and and you know to your point jay 
you wouldn't want to bet again. You, you don't want to bet that a guy is going to get in the end zone right. yet again. But it, uh, tight end 23, he doesn't even really have to. Um, what He could probably grab five for 51 and <laughs> – have a have a really nice little you know in PPR leagues he'll score over ten and he'll be he'll he'll I mean, he'll beat that. Give so me, give me twenty two tight ends that are going to score more fantasy points than him this week. It's going to be tough to muster. Like yeah, at, no. at most you give me fifteen maybe you know, and that's still giving yeah. me plenty of room for error. Precisely, and then and, and all the metrics that Ben gave us, it's just you can't really go against that. So yeah, I'm gonna buy that one all all day long. Well, Ben, yes, the, sir. the way I see it, we could save the listeners a lot of time. Is anybody going against the grain on the cells? Is anybody gonna be dumb enough to go against Total Foresight? Because Total Foresight once again is on a roll. And if you don't remember last season, I believe at one point Total Foresight was 29 for 30 down the home stretch last season. So the moral of the story is do not bet against total foresight and the sales list. So I'm going chalk. I can tell you that right now. Yeah, I picked them. I'm definitely going chalk. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and I certainly am too. And, you know, for everyone listening that plays DFS, like, you know, these are names that pay particular attention to these names and what they're going to cost you to right. roster these people and in your DFS away. lineups because uh, you're probably overpaying for every yes, single one of them. Exactly. Good point, Steve. So really we can just run down the summary of these guys and then, you know, save the discussion because we're, we're all going chalk here. Yeah. I mean, and there is a difference between, a guy we know you're going to play, but you need to do sure. so with managed expectations and a difference between guys where you're deciding whether or not to include them in your roster whatsoever. Uh, so make sure you understand the difference with that as well. And the first guy on our sales list this, week is Baltimore Ravens quarterback Lamar Jackson um, I know he just had a great game on Monday Night Football versus our Browns uh, but you know it's he's his aggregate projection is QB1 overall now the Ravens are at home versus Jacksonville Jaguars Sunday at 1 p.m. and they are a 13 point favorite and the over under is 47 and a half uh, but total foresight is selling this we have Lamar as a QB1 as QB6 overall uh, but you know like we always talk about anytime you've got a QB1 over all or a wide receiver one overall it's it's much easier just to take the field uh and anyways he has the 17th ranked qb foresight strength to schedule this week and at pff the ravens o-line does have the fourth fourth best pass block advantage so we should have some time uh but his wide receivers individual matchup grades are just 37th 57th and 80th this week but his tight end mark andrews has the second best tight end matchup grade uh now listen lamar is not going to be qb1 overall this week simply because he's not going to have to be it's jacksonville not cleveland i expect them to have a much easier time with jacksonville and for baltimore to be in a much more run heavy game script as a team this week with the running back position and not as much lamar thus you definitely start lamar but you need to do so with managed expectations because I don't expect the top five performance from him this week, let alone the top performance. So it's it, like I said, sell for me. Yeah, dial up their running backs, but good luck choosing on who's going to get the bulk of the carries. Oh, you're on mute, Steve. Whoops. But yeah, Benny, you you pretty much summed it up. I mean, I mean, he's could Lamar Jackson go absolutely bonkers against Jacksonville? Yeah, he could if he had to. 
but he's yeah. not going to have to. Exactly. And, um, and, and there's no reason for them to run, you know, their premier athlete of that team, their, their stud, their leader, their quarterback into the ground when they're heading into a playoff race against yep. the Jaguars of all teams. So yeah, he's not finishing quarterback. And his wide receivers may have terrible DB grades, but the good thing is he can't throw the ball. So it doesn't really matter. Well, no. he'll, he'll have time to this week, and Mark Andrews has a good matchup grade. So, I mean, we'll see. A total foresight has him as QB6 overall for a reason. I definitely yeah. think he's going to finish as a QB1 this week. But QB1 overall, I mean, you you, you can't bank on that. Uh, you, you can't structure your lineup going into maybe your final four matchups this week in the playoffs expecting Lamar to give you a QB1 overall performance. You need to manage those expectations. You might need to uh, be a little riskier at those back-end positions, the flex, the wide receiver threes, and swing for the fences a little bit more. Uh, Another tale of managed expectations is our next sell this week. Talking about Kansas City Chiefs running back Clyde Edwards-Alaire. The Chiefs are at New Orleans Sunday at 425 Eastern, uh, and Kansas City is a three-point favorite with an over-under of 51.5. The aggregate projection for CEH is RB6 this week. Total Foresight is selling that. We have him as RB19. He has the 21st-ranked running back Foresight strength of schedule, and at PFF, the Chiefs Chiefs O-line has the fourth worst run block advantage plain and simple ceh has been a rock solid running back two this season and not a running back one you of course start ceh this week confidently as you're running back two but you cannot go into week 15 expecting an rb6 performance or better from him he has only done that two times this entire season and i don't expect sunday to be the third because he's on the road at new orleans after that stout defense just gave up a ton of rush yards to the eagles last week sell for me yeah i i think you nailed that uh ben you know he he came out of the gates on fire this season but really he's just been a rock solid rb2 and Lev bell's been getting some run here the last few weeks so you know there is a little bit of splitting the carries there in that backfield and in i love our total foresight rank of rb19 i think that's entirely appropriate appropriate mm-hmm. a rock solid rb2 against a tough defense on the road no problem with that mm-hmm yeah, it's funny, guys. When you think about it, the last couple of seasons now, pretty much since Mahomes has been the quarterback for the Chiefs, you can kind of just throw out the whole running backs for Andy Reid in his system are, you know, just absolute home run studs. Like they've proven it last year. They, you know, they won a Super Bowl, and I think their leading rusher had like 500 yards on the season. And we're kind of seeing something similar happen this year. And you know, with CEH, Ben, you, you said it perfectly. He's You can count on him to finish around that RB2 range on any given week. But, you know, Love Bell is getting some touches here and there. Dale Williams is getting touches here and there. And and the, the team just doesn't run the ball that much. And when you have Patrick Mahomes and all those weapons, you it, it's really – I'm sure that there's some some statistical mind out there who could break down all the metrics and tell you it's in the Chiefs – best interest to throw the ball as much as possible, probably as far as the productivity of their offense. So yeah, you just, you can't bank on an RB six performance. And like, like you said, Ben, you know, managing your expectations, you just want to kind of plug him into your lineup and think, Hey, 
I'm probably going to get an okay RB2 performance out of him and then set the rest of your lineup accordingly. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And those are two examples of managed expectations where you're still definitely putting them in your lineup. The next three, not so much in my opinion. We'll see what Jay and Steve have to say. Uh, But our next sell this week is running back for the Philadelphia Eagles, Boston Scott. The Eagles are on the road at Arizona Sunday at 4.05 p.m. Eastern. Uh, The Cardinals are a six-point favorite with an over-under of 49.5. The aggregate projection for Boston Scott himself is RB37. Total Foresight is selling that hardcore. We have him as RB58 this week, partially because the Eagles running backs have the worst running back foresight strength of schedule this week. And at PFF, the, the Eagles O-line actually has the second best run block advantage. So uh, once again, it'll be easy or it'll be interesting to see how those that disparity works itself out. And at an aggregate projection of RB 37, that suggests that Boston Scott could be on your flex radar in 12 team leagues. Now, it's only a one week sample size of how this offense looks with Jalen Hurts at the helm from last week. But a, from a rushing standpoint, It was against the elite Saints run defense, so I do put a little more stock into their week 14 rushing attack than I otherwise would just any other normal one-week sample size. But Miles Sanders had 18 touches for 136 total yards and two touchdowns, whereas Boston Scott only had four total touches for 17 total yards and no touchdowns. For most everyone out there, this is your semifinal week in the playoffs and fantasy football, and Boston Scott does not belong in your lineup. Sell for me, no doubt. Yeah, man, maybe Jalen Hurts is the answer for that Philadelphia Eagles offense. I don't know. I think it's too early to tell. One game means nothing. Let me see it over the course of a season. And yeah, Ben, your point is all that needs to be made. In the semifinal round of the fantasy football playoffs, you're going to put your trust in the Philadelphia Eagles offense because of one good week? No. Bad. Bad. And I'm an Eagles fan. Do not do that. We've talked <laughs> about whether nobody or, except Miles Sanders, man. <laughs> we, we've talked about whether or not people can consistently produce because it's so difficult to do. You know, you might have one good week, two good week, three good weeks, but eventually you're going to have a quiet week. You're going to tell me that the Philadelphia Eagles are going to have an explosive rushing rush attack two weeks in a row when we haven't seen it all year? I'm out. Yeah, and, and that's the thing is, even if they do, when you look at the touch breakdown from last week you know, with Hurts at quarterback, it's really hard to want to trust flexing Boston Scott. And Ben, you make a really good point. Like when we talk about Boston Scott, you might hear that name and think like, well, you know, if you're in the final four in your league, you're not starting a guy like Boston Scott. And it's like, well, you know, pump the brakes a little bit. There's, I think we've all been there in highly competitive leagues where the most stressful decision we make start sit all week is that flex position or one of our flex positions, because you know, in those deep competitive leagues, it's it's stretched pretty thin and you find yourself looking and thinking, well, you know, aggregate running back 37, that does put him squarely in the flex conversation. But when you look at total foresight's rank of RB 58, that's when you're like, you have to, you have to punt on this one big time. And like you said, Ben, this dude cannot be in your lineup because um, you cannot expect him to score you uh, maybe more than just a maybe a handful of points, and you might be lucky to get that. 
Yeah, man, I love the variety of players as you discussed. You know, we talked about guys that are obviously going to be in your lineups, and now we're hitting on guys where you're trying to think about ways to find those points, and and these are just guys to stay away from. Yeah, this next guy most particularly. uh, Speaking of not belonging in your Week 15 starting lineup, we've got Cincinnati Bengals wide receiver A.J. Green. The Bengals are at home versus Pittsburgh on Monday Night Football. Pittsburgh is a 13-point favorite. Over-under is only 40.5 points. The aggregate projection for A.J. Green is wide receiver 14. You know, that's one of those where you have to go Uh, back and you double-check it and you triple-check it, and you're like, how? How does this make sense? It doesn't. We are. This is probably the sell of the season for us as we have him <laughs> at total foresight as wide receiver 59. Uh, the Bengals have the third worst wide receiver foresight strength of schedule this week. Uh, at PFF agrees with us here uh, with two separate metrics. Uh, they're their offensive line has the second worst pass block advantage. Uh, and as far as the individual wide receiver matchup grade for A.J. Green, it's 58th. A.J. Green is now wide receiver 70, 7-0 on the season with just 41 receptions for 419 yards and two touchdowns on 88 targets. Fun fact, every wide receiver this year with 88 plus targets besides A.J. Green has at least 52.8 more PPR points than A.J. Green. His efficiency has has somehow been worse than his overall god-awful performance. His wide receiver 17 performance last week was a mirage, and I am 1,000% selling him to be an aggregate projection of now wide receiver 14. Are you serious? Wide receiver 14? No way. I'm out. Nope, nope. You said it. I don't even need to add anything. (laughs) There's no way. This is easy money, man. Can we put some money down on (laughs) this this line? I'm, I'm, I mean, it's deceptive. Don't I hope there's nobody out there savvy enough to make it to week 15 that buys into this crap. Yeah, I'm just I'm befuddled. Like, I, I don't understand wide receiver 14. Like, I, I understand he, he had a serviceable day by, you know, his standards. Yeah, he was wide uh, receiver uh, 17 last yeah. week. I think maybe his you know, best performance uh, uh, of the season. Against the, <laughs> you know, the cupcake Dallas Cowboys right, defense. Exactly. And, um, and, you know, and Brandon Allen was – Okay, but I mean, we're talking about a Pittsburgh team that I can guarantee you they're going to come out flying this in this one. I'm and and yes. I, I I can't even, for all we know, Cincinnati might not have any quarterbacks left by the fourth quarter of this game. So like to bet on the ancient coming close to wide receiver 14, I just... Uh, you know no. what, not to go no, off... Obvi- a, obviously a big time sell. <laughs> not to go off on a tangent, but I really like, you know, our formula at Total Foresight because it seems like we're going off of recency bias here. He had a good week last week, so he must have a good week next week. It doesn't matter what teams they played or who they're going up against, which is why I like the way we do it. You know, we look at the last four weeks and we put some weight on that, and we also look at the course of a season, you know, when we're looking at strength of schedule and things like that. And we also factor in you know projections and, and matchup ratings and stuff so we, we get a whole look at what a player is going to do so I I think WR59 is right on the money for what I expect Probably. AJ Green to do this week yeah three for 16 
very possible if you had to put money on this game with the line being pittsburgh minus 13 i don't know about you guys i'm betting on pittsburgh i think they are going to come out angry at losing two straight in their own playoff run hoping now that kansas city gets a loss and they can somehow get regain that precious one by if you're coaching that pittsburgh defense how are you not blitzing every down the 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 blitz percentage in this game has got to be at their season high and like steve said that that offense has not looked right for weeks in pittsburgh so if if it is looking right on sunday or on, on monday night football i should say they're going to keep making it look right over and over again and run up that score <laughs> i guarantee they, i mean it's mike tomlin guys I know, I like know, it's the Bengals. it's yes. monday night football like i do not like the steelers the steelers are going to smash the Bengals on monday it's the lock of the week in my opinion uh do not start aj green do not start aj green all right last sell this week i don't think this guy belongs in your uh week 15 fantasy lineup unless you have no better option uh and that is atlanta falcons tight end hayden hurst uh the falcons are at home versus the tampa bay buccaneers sunday at 1 p.m eastern the bucks are a six-point favorite with an over under 49 and a half the aggregate projection for Hayden Hurst is nothing crazy, but it's tight end 11. Total foresight is selling that. We have him as tight end 15, partially because he has the fifth worst foresight strength of schedule. And at PFF, you can see the Falcons O-line has the seventh worst pass block advantage. Uh, but Hayden Hurst does, according to PFF, has the, has the fifth best tight end matchup grade this week. Hayden Hurst has been a total bust compared to my expectations for his fantasy outlook this season, pretty much as has the entire Atlanta offense. Uh, Through 14 weeks, he sits at just tight end 15 overall, and he hasn't been tight end 11 or better since week nine. We're heading into week 15, guys. Uh, This team is done the Atlanta Falcons and I am done with them and I'm done with Hayden Hurst in 2020. We'll see you next year. Maybe I'll feel differently, but no, you, you are not a tight end one in this offense so far, sir. Has there been a bigger disappointment at the tight end position in your mind this season? No, not no. at all. No way. I mean, I was expecting this guy to be a, a late round steal top six tight end easy. We were all high on this offense. Nope. And, and, you know, nope. after seeing the first few weeks of this season and seeing that it wasn't gelling like we expected, we all had to kind of pivot out of that and find our way out of that. And it's been a massive disappointment. So, yeah, there's no way I'm buying at it, buying him at that price tag, especially at this point in the season. I'm sorry, Steve, but from a big picture perspective, we've never seen Hayden Hurst do it before, so we don't know, is this a Hayden Hurst problem, or is this just an Atlanta problem, or is it a little of both? Like, you know, we had to speculate to project him to do as well as we thought he was going to do this season, and we were obviously wrong about that. The question is, is that going to improve? Well, and now we're going to get Matt Ryan in another first year under an offensive coordinator, I'm sure, with a new coaching staff. So we're going to have to go through this rigmarole for another season and, and then maybe wait well, two years from now. Hey, the second year wasn't any good under this <laughs> one. So maybe the first year under a new one won't be any, any worse. Fair enough. Yeah, guys, uh, Hayden Hurst definitely in 
definitely a disappointment this season. And he's going to be an interesting guy to watch where he's going in drafts in 2021. Uh, you know, I think a lot of us, we kind of, we didn't necessarily think, hey, he'll step in and do exactly what Austin Hooper did. But we thought, hey, he could, he certainly has the opportunity, given that Matt Ryan was going into a second season under the same offensive coordinator. And we know what he does under those circumstances. And we thought, hey, he can be maybe 90% of what Austin Hooper was doing. And when Hoop was healthy and in Atlanta's, uh, you know, starting lineup last season, he was one of the top tight ends in the NFL. So certainly a disappointment. And, you know, when I first looked at this, you know, as we're going through, I'm like, the tight end 11, that doesn't take a lot to beat that. But then I also think to myself, typically on any given week, tight end seven, eight through 20, not a whole lot separates them. And, you know, given what we've seen out of Atlanta's offense recently, given what we've seen from Hayden Hurst and his output, and he's running plenty of routes, guys. He just, you know, Matt Ryan, it's just not there. It's not there. So, you know, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say, yeah, I, I don't see him finishing as a tight end one. So therefore he's not going to finish as tight end 11 or better. And like you said, Ben, if, if you have no better options, then fine. But in my mind, if you don't think a guy's going to finish as a top 12 tight end, then go find yourself somebody out there who you think is going to finish as a top 12 tight end and put him in your lineup, you know, especially this week 15. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, just off the top of my head, a guy like Logan Thomas comes to mind. Yeah. If he's still just sitting out there for free, like I know Seattle hasn't given up a ton of points to the tight end position, but Logan Thomas's targets are there week in and week out. And that offense is focused and they are in the hunt in that division over there in Washington. And I would absolutely feel much better about starting Logan, Logan Thomas than I would Hayden Hurst. So that's just one example of a guy that might very well be available, even in a deeper type of league. So uh, all right, so without further ado, we have got Steve's last session of his speculative stashes. If you are fortunate enough to get through week 15 and move on to week 16, you will be very glad that you listened to Steve's speculative stashes and prepared your roster for the championship week. So, you know, cut anybody that you're not going to start in week 16 and the only people that you want to go grab are are people that are better starts on your roster or that are block starts from your opponent's roster so steve who who is the great list of speculative stashes for the last time in 2020 all right um so before I do jump into uh, some quarterbacks and DSTs that I have that I think are, are, are fine stashes to have for week 16 um, and all readily available that, you know, folks can go pick up, you know, pretty much right now and get them for free and save the waiver wire and fab drama of week 16, which will probably be, you know, very dramatic for every league given the, uh, you know, what's on the line. We'll go ahead and uh, touch on the stash and dash strategy because you alluded to it, Ben. We're at the point in time of the season. You know, I, I understand that a COVID positive test can happen to anybody at any time. You can come out of nowhere. We've seen it happen to some big names this season. So, you know, there is there is some credence to wanting to have, you know, some type of bench or a few reliable backups on your bench. But to whatever level you feel comfortable cutting loose when it comes to stashing and dashing this week, I say if you're playing in the final four and you have a shot at playing in the title next week, you just cut loose. 
and so stashing and dashing is you you look at the Thursday night matchup tonight, what we got the uh, Chargers and Raiders playing. You look at in your league, are there any viable backup running backs that given an injury or injuries would be somebody that I'd be happy to start next week, you know, for my championship game, should I be fortunate enough to get there? You pick those guys up. No injuries occur. Fine. They're sitting at the end of your bench. You cut them. You look at the 1 p.m. slate on Sunday. You do the same thing. Any viable backup running backs. And, you know, the, I think every season we want to target those running backs. But, you know, this year especially, the running back pool is so shallow. And there, there's plenty of teams that are playing in their final four that will be playing for titles that they're struggling at running back even at this point in time in their season. So, pick up those running backs and you do that <laughs> the 1 p.m. slate of games no injuries work out that you find yourself with you know somebody who's an instant viable starter okay you look at the 4:25 p.m. slate you drop the 1 p.m. guys and you you're essentially just doing that through Sunday night through Monday night who knows if some covid spectacular stuff happens and we somehow find ourselves with the Tuesday night game, which we've had this season. But the, the point is you're constantly, as I like to call it, stashing and dashing. You're picking these guys up and just seeing, unless your league charges you for transactions, just do it. And especially this week, I mean, all bets are off. You're just hoping to maybe, we, we talked about it already tonight, right, guys? Like a lot of us, we struggle with figuring out who are we going to put in that final flex spot. And if you can somehow cash in on a guy that you picked up right before the kickoff of their game and injury happens and you're like boom I got a guy who next week is going to be ranked as like RB19 now well that's an easy flex decision that I can make because I'll put him in my flex so that is stashing and dashing um, you know hopefully that's worked out for some of you listening this season um, definitely do that from week one in 2021 you're likely to hit on somebody at some point in time throughout your 2021 season now moving on to quarterbacks and dst streamers because there's a lot of folks out there that are highly successful streaming their quarterbacks and streaming their dsts and if you haven't planned ahead for week 16 already although we're not guaranteed that we'll be playing for that, but you just want to be prepared anyways. Because again, depending on your opponent and their fab budget, their waiver priority, people are going to try to block you. They don't have to need the quarterback that's the most desirable on the waiver wire, but if they know you need him, they're going to make sure you don't get him. So you want to go out there and get that player now. And I'll start out with the quarterbacks. And I actually have three this week. The first one... I feel a little dirty saying it, but I have to acknowledge the player in the matchup, and that is Mitchell Trubisky, quarterback of the Chicago Bears. It's only rostered in 11% of leagues. You know, he's he's firmly put himself back on the streaming radar, um, and he has just a juicy matchup in Week 16, guys. Uh, You know, it's against Jacksonville. I mean, Jacksonville right now, they're in a, a stiff competition with the New York Jets to win that Trevor Lawrence sweepstakes at this point in time. So obviously nothing to play for. Everybody can throw the ball all over Jacksonville. So they, you know, choose to, and, you know, uh, Trubisky, he's actually in the last, you know, two out of his last three contests, he's had three touchdown passes or more, or he's had at least three touchdown passes in two of his last three contests. So, you know, he's playing, he's playing just fine. And, you know, if you look at his overall last three weeks, I believe he's quarterback nine 
overall the last three weeks. So that certainly puts him in the streaming, you know, conversation. And uh, depending on how competitive your league is, he's available and he's somebody you could go pick up. And if you're playing strictly the matchup is what you're looking at. He's somebody that you can try to take advantage of. Now I talked about Jacksonville and the New York jets competing for that number one pick. That's why probably my favorite stash and it's not me being a homer. It's not because of that guy you see in the background, number six for the Cleveland Browns, but Baker Mayfield, he's only rostered in 40% of, uh, and this is Yahoo leagues, by the way, he's been on fire the last couple of weeks, uh, you know, against the Titans and Ravens, two playoff contenders in the AFC He's, he's combined for seven touchdowns through the air on the ground. He's been over 300 yards passing them both. And he's somebody that you, you, you might think, oh, well, they're playing the New York Giants this week. That might be a good matchup to roll him out in. But the, the Giants defense has actually been like their bright spot this season. I wouldn't want to roll Baker out necessarily this Sunday night when they're playing in New York, but they play in New York against the winless Jets week 16. And the reason I like Baker in that one is the Browns. I I can assure you whether we win, lose, or draw this week against the Giants, either way, to stay in this AFC playoff race, we are going to desperately need to win a game that we should win against the Jets. The Jets, on the other hand, they might be desperately trying to do anything but win that game, depending on (laughs) what the Jacksonville Jaguars have done. So, you know, I kind of feel like Baker Mayfield in that game, he's going to provide at least a safe floor. They might not necessarily let him air it out, but he should be good for a couple hundred yards and multiple scores. But we've seen what the upside can be the last couple of weeks. So, you know, I do really like Baker as somebody that, He's available. You can go out, get him now, stash him, and then roll him out against the Jets because much like the Jacksonville Jaguars, that is a team that seemingly every week you just go ahead and you look at the box score of the opposing quarterback to the Jets, and they had themselves quite a fine day when it's all said and done. I will say real quick, Steve, depending on how deep your league is and what your quarterback options are, Bake still might be your best option this week because I don't know if you know this, but uh, about five hours ago, Pro Football Talk came out and uh, reported that James Bradbury of the New York Giants is on the COVID list, will not play Sunday. So that does nothing but help Bake and the Browns. uh, Now, I knew knew Jason had some coaching issues, too. I was going to say, I know Jason oh. Garrett's not available and good old Freddie, <laughs> Freddie Kitchens. Kitchen. Yeah, we talk about <laughs> Freddie bathrooms. I mean, <laughs> but uh, uh, that could be an entire other uh, series of podcasts, actually. Uh, but um, so uh, last but not least, a third quarterback that um, it's kind of in a similar situation. There's going to be people based on what he did this past week. They're going to want to maybe roll him out this week. I'm more of saying if you can't avoid it, pump the brakes. But Jalen Hurts, quarterback of the Philadelphia Eagles, rostered in only 19% of leagues. He has a, a tremendous matchup in week 16. He gets the Dallas Cowboys. And we just saw in week 13, Lamar Jackson just have his way. You know, we're talking about guys with similar skill sets. Yeah. Um, and Hertz is going to get um, Dallas week 16. You know, we saw Hertz run for over 100 yards, threw for a buck 67 and a score against um, up until last week. People would probably say that uh, the New Orleans Saints were the NFC favorites. 
they still are right up there with the Green Bay Packers, but um, nobody really saw that coming. And um, I don't know if I feel personally comfortable enough to trust him on the road against the Cardinals this week. He still might have a fine fantasy day, but if I have a better option, I like getting Hurts because he is so available that you can go pick him up for nothing and stashing him because I do think that, you know, he, he might be able to absolutely torch Dallas. And it's one of those situations where I would not be surprised in the least bit if Jalen Hurts ends up being one of those, because we see it every season, different positions throughout the NFL, that there's those guys that they just get it done week 16, and they're one of those streaming fantasy, win, you know, fantasy championship winning players for a, a lot of fantasy managers. So I would not be surprised in the least bit if given that matchup, that Jalen Hurts is somebody that comes through big just because of what he can do on the ground and what a stable floor that provides, you know, for fancy managers, but also, you know, the elite upside that could be there as well. So those are the three quarterbacks. And again, it all goes back to the availability of these players, like how easily available can you go pick them up and then the matchups. And then I have two DSTs and, um, Man, gonna gonna keep it with the Cleveland Browns because how can you not? They're available in thirty-eight or they're only rostered in thirty-eight percent of leagues, so available in sixty-two percent of Yahoo leagues. And again, they they're playing the New York Jets week sixteen. Now, you know, Cleveland has been lighting it on fire defensively, you know, as a DST for fantasy football purposes this season, but you know, they do have an outstanding pass rush. They can stop the run when they need to. Not that New York is necessarily going to be able to impose any kind of will when it comes to running the ball with Frank Gore, which they are just determined to do week after week for some unknown reason, probably because they're chasing that number one overall pick. But the Browns should have Denzel Ward back. It's very possible they'll have Greedy Williams back. So the, it's very important to to note that because the secondary might be a lot more healthy and just able to make that – defense overall be that much more productive but at any rate you have to think miles garrett that defensive line they're going to get some sacks and the jets inevitably will turn the ball over multiple times a week and they'll do it in this one so that's kind of what you're looking for and you have to think the jets overall point total is going to be capped in that one as well steve i mean i like them against the giants too for those reasons you just said i think the giants offensive scheme kind of plays into the to the browns strengths and, and they, Guns loves turning over the football. Precisely. And uh, they they were on my – when we did the stashes last week, it was a, a DST that I liked for, yeah. you know, stash last week so you could and roll them out this like, week. So You know, we joke about it, but with Freddie Kitchens calling plays possibly this week for their <laughs> offense, I mean, listen, five, we've seen what that is. <laughs> Precisely. If, if you did stash these guys already, it, you know, it's, it's a DST that you're going to – you're going to want yeah. to roll out just given the matchup. And, and again, it's, we, we talked about it before. Sometimes you might think like, Oh, well, this is not a good DST in 2020. Well, it, we've seen, just look at it. Look at what DSTs have done in your league for anyone listening. You'll see a DST that's terrible. They might only have 65 points on the season, but they got 18 or 20 in one particular week because the offense they played is just that bad. They are that prone to sacks and turnovers. And that's really what you're looking for. And um, to that point, the Houston Texans, they're only rostered in 11% of leagues. And um, 
We talked about A.J. Green and everything that is terrible about the Cincinnati Bengals offense, and that's who Houston's playing in Week 16. And, you know, this the Bengals, they, they have nothing to play for at this point in time. It, it's, it's really – it's really just trying to get to 2021 without any other catastrophic injuries on that roster. Just get yourselves out, get yourselves healthy and hopefully compete in 2021. And um, I cannot imagine them scoring more than 10 to 13 points in this one. They'll turn the ball over multiple times. Their offensive line's terrible. It's not healthy. They will. It's just, it's everything that you look for in a matchup and they're available in 89% of leagues right now. So, again, when I look at the Browns and the Texans and any leagues, they aren't already rostered. In week 16, they're going to be right up there. And when you look at the most, uh, you know, notable league transactions heading into the week, they're going to be being picked up by everybody. So if you're in a league where they're there and you're streaming, at the very least, even if you don't want to start them, go pick them up. Pick them up anyways, just in case who you play does pick them up. Don't let them use them against you. So uh, that's who I got for this week. Um, It's been a lot of fun going through these each and every week. I always have a fun time with it, guys. And a little sad to see it go. But like I said, it's at the beginning of the show. It's been a long one, a quick one, but a long one. And I don't even know how that makes any sense. Well, and it does seem like just yesterday that, uh, you know, we had our buddy Travis on with us for the opener uh, and, you know, he's actually going to join us again for our closer next week. And since next Thursday is Christmas Eve, we're going to, you know, it would it's only fitting in 2020 for our last episode to be changed up once again. Uh, so our, our last championship episode is going to be in six days next Wednesday, uh, December 23rd at 8 p.m., uh, so we will have a, a you know a championship list of buys and sells to send you off into your Super Bowl week and your fantasy playoffs, and you know we will do the best we can to continue to help you hopefully bring home a fantasy championship. Uh, Jay, Steve, you guys got anything else before we get out of here tonight? Nope, snuff can suck it. Hunter Henry already has a touchdown, <laughs> so <laughs> woo. <laughs> <laughs> it's all about us when it comes to fantasy football yes, it isn't it? Is. It's, it's great all right everybody well we will be back with you at 8 p.m next wednesday night on the 23rd to go over a whole new list of buys and sells versus their week 16 championship aggregate projections can't wait and that wraps up this episode of fantasy foresight the podcast we thank you for joining us be sure to visit us as always at fantasyforesight.com Use the links at the bottom of the page to find us across social media, including Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and wherever you pod. We hope you enjoyed the episode, and we'll